You're getting the most out of being at a game with American Express. The card member entrance, the lounge, and out tip-off. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Listen, Zach. Carolers. Huh. Cool. But this is way cooler. This season, gift Samsung Galaxy Buds 2 Pro and surround the ones you love with the sounds they love with studio-quality sound and intelligent active noise cancellation. Pair it with Galaxy S23 Ultra and power their listening experience with an epic smartphone. Shop these and more great gifts now at Samsung.com. The Garden Report is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Garden Report, back-to-back edition, Celtics. Blues against the... Feisty Hornets effort uh, through the end of the fourth quarter into overtime. Celtics nearly forced double overtime with a late uh, foul by Gordon Hayward, old friend Hayward, on Jason Tatum. Uh, but Tatum missed the final free throw. A uh, bunch of clock ran out, which we'll get into. Uh, a lot of clock. Big sticking point for Scal there. <laughs> and He was pissed. Uh, the Hornets steal the ensuing inbounds after a couple more free throws and steal this one. And the Celtics six-game winning streak. Uh, Celtics going to come back home after this road trip. So that wraps a, a brief road trip here away from Boston. They'll go on the road again Friday. And uh, Monster Tatum night aside from the missed free throw, he really carried them throughout this one along with another pretty resilient bench effort in this game. Uh, I'm pleasantly surprised by them, but we'll start with the end there. Uh would you make Sherrod of the missed free throw? And the are, are you talking about Tato's missed free throw? Or are you talking about Drew Holiday's yeah. missed free throw? I mean, yeah. you got to be more Holiday specific. Had about two it. as well. Yeah. So the Celtics finish. What's the final number here? Eight of 28 at the line, 64% left Ooh, 10 listen. points on the board and a three point loss. Ooh, man. They, they, listen, they, they, they played a crappy game. I mean, bottom line, they, the way they looked down a stretch, looked like a team that was mentally tapped out, that they just didn't have the mental energy and fortitude to push through one more time and get the win. Because Charlotte didn't do anything special down a stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they wasn't like, you know, they, they came up with these, all of a sudden these great plays and and the Celtics were just seem just completely out of sync. No, the Celtics were executing up until the absolute last ending of, of plays, which is to finish them. They just didn't finish off plays. Drew Holiday, an excellent free throw shooter, misses two, you know, late in the fourth quarter that if he if he makes both, uh, it's, it's a game, game time. If he makes one, it puts Charlotte in a very precarious position where they need to knock down a three, which I just don't think they would have done. The Celtics look like a team that was just mentally gassed down the stretch uh, because for the most part they did just enough to keep a little bit of distance ahead of Charlotte but not enough to push Charlotte away and I thought this was more about this the Celtics being mentally drained than it was anything Charlotte did and it, it happens from time to time but it'll be it'll be important to keep an eye going forward when they play Milwaukee in, in a couple of days to see are there any lingering effects to what we saw tonight or is this kind of a one-offer yeah, that's the thing, Sherrod. I feel like I would assume or guess if I had to that this was a one-off because I just essentially, like you said, I mean, they did, uh, they, they dropped the ball in a big way here. But in my opinion, I just feel like they just thought they, they had already sealed the victory, you know, yeah. maybe by halftime, right? That was the, the body language coming into the third quarter. And like you said, the, the Charlotte Hornets didn't do anything spectacular. They just executed. They just attacked the rim. They seeked high percentage shots in that third quarter, which in my opinion, 
had a big reason why they were still hanging around. And then something's missing all these free throws. I mean, you're just giving these guys more of a reason to stick around. And I also feel like the Celtics did buckle down at some point, especially that, that crucial stretch going into like the final four minutes of that fourth quarter, where they were able to sort of build a little breathing room, right? Two possession game, seven point lead. And then they, it's almost like they looked at each other and just like, yeah, we're good. We got this one. And Charlotte just had one more run in them, you know, to force that overtime. And that's when you're in a position like the Charlotte Hornets, that's, that's all you need, right? You just need to force some extra, extra basketball, you know, an extra overtime period to, 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 you know, take that momentum and keep it for good and I feel like the Celtics were just really backpedaling in a, in, in a big way and they couldn't believe themselves you know looking up at that scoreboard and realizing that you know not only was it a tie game but that the Charlotte Hornets had stole that momentum this is like what happens like when you play a scrappy point. team though like this though this is what happens when you play yeah. a scrappy team and you yeah. don't bury them when you should and we saw this the other, right yeah. you saw this the other night with Golden State and Oklahoma City where Oklahoma where Golden State they knew they pretty much had that thing wrapped and, and then bam you know, OKC is able to force it in overtime. And and pretty much anyone who watched that game or saw glimpses of it knew that Golden State was not going to win that game in overtime because they were just mentally tapped out. And Boston looked a lot like that tonight. I mean, Drew Holiday misses free throws that he never misses. Tatum doesn't deliver. Holiday night. Yeah. T- t- there was, I mean, there were plays in a game that were so – unusual like like there was one time where drew holiday got an offensive rebound grabbed the ball and like it seemed like he just <laughs> like like it was a tv glitch where he just kind of stopped and then he tried to put it back up and got it swatted off the glass rather than just laying it up and it was it was weird things like that all night with him tatum had a great game scoring the ball but tatum would be the first to tell you that this was not a great game for him because he didn't do the things that he's supposed to do down the stretch making free throws, little things, not losing Gordon Hayward. That kind of hurts. Not cool at all. Uh, This was just – they looked like a team that was mentally drained near the end of this game, and they were just hoping and praying they had enough left in the tank to get over the hump and get out of town with a victory. But, you know, Charlotte, to their credit, they made the most of Boston, letting them hang around, and they were able to get the win. Their mind was already in Boston, Sherrod. You know, we saw glimpses of this last season, or you could say even the last two seasons, where you would see those rare first half, you know, performances out of Tatum. And not to say that, you know, he never has spectacular, you know, first first half performances, but there were a lot of them the last couple of years where I felt like you sort of saw him kind of lose the team. It was almost as if the team kind of just looked at him and said, hey, you know, you built this lead and we just lost it. Maybe we need you to come bring, you know, I just, when you see the Celtics playing that type of basketball, that brand of basketball, which we haven't seen a whole lot of this season where it's just not as team oriented and guys getting their touches, you, you, you're going to get, you're going to put yourself in that position where a team has a chance. And that's what the Hornets did. I mean, that's what they had. Right. And I felt like they just capitalized that on a big way. When you look at a team on the tail end of a road trip, who's already thinking about going back home, you know, on this, uh, five game winning streak or what it was or six game rather. And now you're like, man, we just dropped that. We just lost that game in overtime, you know? So I don't, I really wouldn't, I'd be shocked if you see the same type of, uh, you know, approach Wednesday night against the Bucks. I'm thinking this is a one-off, but either way it's, it's inexcusable. I don't think no. it's a one-off because they played pretty poorly in Memphis too. As Joe mm-hmm. said, they, we're lucky to win that game. Yeah. Uh, did. Yeah, but he was mad at his stars, man. That was more of a I, – I, I, I saw what you were doing in that third quarter and I benched y'all. He's not going to call them out by name. He's not going to do that, especially this early in the season. But I feel like that was more about pointing to the stars saying, like, hey, don't ever take your foot off the gas, gas pedal like that. You know, I, I, well, I'll bench you. You know, I'm not afraid to do that. Well, you mentioned well, a do it, then. situation here tonight in the third quarter where they have, like, a 10-ish point lead. feels like they're about to hit the gas pedal, as you say, and – 
extend this lead out to an insurmountable point against Charlotte. They had done that earlier in the season against some inferior competition, and it turned into those massive blowouts in games like Washington and Indiana. Uh, but tonight, they just let the Hornets stick around, and a lot of it was that dribble penetration. I mean, Ball was just killing guys off the dribble. His half-court effectiveness improved as the game went on. Uh, the Hornets killed them in the full court. Every time they got out on the run, they scored pretty much, and they finished this one with 60 fast breaks break points which is or 60 points in the paint rather 24 of them coming uh, on the fast break which are just uh, substantial numbers so they ran the Celtics off the court in this game uh, from a defensive standpoint and the Celtics it's turnovers Sherrod it's the missed free throws and and really an overall lack of connectivity and uh, assertiveness for where to get the ball I thought Porzingis didn't get enough post touches in this one against mismatches Scal Mm -hmm. was on top of that Uh, you had Brown weirdly uninvolved again and a, a pretty mediocre night from him. Well, I, I think with, with Jalen, I think the biggest issue was foul trouble. I mean, he, he just never was able to get in any kind of flow, any kind of rhythm. And the, what we're starting to see with this Celtics team, uh, when you look at Jalen Brown, for example, when he's not into a good rhythm, uh, that takes a little bit away from Porzingis, who they have great connectivity out there. And not tonight. You, yeah, not tonight, and and that was, and I think Jalen's foul trouble had a, had a lot to do with that, because uh, this was one of the few nights that I don't recall there being one or two or three of those great JB to Porzingis lobs that they have made a basic a regular part of what they're able to do. Uh, I, I know there were a couple times where Jalen had dribble drive penetration and had the defender kind of you know in that that limbo do I stay with Porzingis do I go out on Jalen and they screwed that up where Jalen would shoot a floater that was off or or he would take a shot that was off uh and I think right now this was this was a bad game for him it was a bad game for Tatum down the stretch Drew Holiday and the missed free throws near the end of the fourth quarter uh there's a whole lot of blame pie to go around for this loss and you can't put it on any one player or Joe Missoula solely they all get a piece of this one Hey, John Zanis. I can put it on one player. What's going on, guys? Pick a player, and and I'll match that player. Because as crappy as your player you pick, there was one who was just as crappy. (laughs) Well, there's one person who's getting a ton of heat. One of nine, by the way. There's one person who's getting a lot of heat in the chat here, and I think that's – um, that's justifiably Jalen. And I'm not here just to dunk on Jalen. I just wanted to say (laughs) – I I just wanted to say to your point – the uh, and yeah, you can give slices of blame pie everywhere. Uh, Hauser couldn't shoot, Holiday was sloppy as you know, sloppy as hell, just really bad pass, bad, 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 bad passes, some wild shots, you know, like channeling kind of inner Marcus sort of moments for him the last couple of games. I mean, but bad, bad, bad. Um, and then I mean, you could dissect the entire uh, overtime. But as you had mentioned, Jalen getting in foul trouble should have killed them because Tatum played the whole third mm-hmm. and he had to, because Brown went out so early with a fifth foul and a dumb one at that, you know, and he was having a bad game to begin with anyway. And you needed Brown to spell Tatum. So you start the fourth quarter with this, Oh my God, look at this lineup. And it looked terrifying. Reed, Brissett, and Pritchard, Hauser, and Cornette, right? Yeah. And, and the, the start that, right. Yeah. Ahead, John. You start yeah. that quarter up six. They get a couple buckets, and everyone's like, oh, oh, here we go. And then they held that lead and they held it through halfway through the quarter and in fact extended it by just a little. I think it was a so seven. So it was, it was lead. four nothing, John, the Hornets, and they called a quick timeout. They called you the quick timeout. 
you think the starters are just going to come flying off the bench and they keep the nope. whole five group out there. They extended it to 97.89 on Mihailuk's uh, three-pointer. So uh, from six Big to eight to point lead tonight. at the 720 mark. Stretch. Yep. And then around at 638, Tatum, Brown, KP all come in. Uh, 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 Pritchard stays uh, and Holiday stays on the bench. He doesn't come in until a minute or so later. You could have maybe, you know, sub Pritchard back in late because Hauser clearly didn't have it tonight and Pritchard did. Joe figured that out and started OT. But, I mean, look, you guys mentioned a lot of things that it was, you know, the end of a trip and they looked checked out and this and that. But, I mean, it was – you're right. If you go through the whole thing, that entire overtime, among the things that happened, Jalen misses a free throw, Tatum smokes a layup, um, you know, I, the, I mean, sm- smoked the layup. Brown, Brown tried that a, dunk. Oh. Brown tried that <laughs> stupid dunk earlier. Brown, <laughs> a horrible contested two that somehow KP tipped it in. So yeah. you get the bail ba- bailout. Tatum does not go for a rebound, um, you know, at all. Just watches as a Hornet snatches it away from him uh, and then kicks back out. Uh, you know, uh, Hornets score one fourteen, one thirteen. Oh, at that point, dominate in the center matchup. Tonight. Yeah, he did, and yeah, then gotta, Pritchard somehow ends up with the ball a ton, way too long at the end of a clock. His shot gets blocked. Twenty four second violation. Holiday's o- offensive rebound bails them out there again after another bad possession, and they get that three. And then Tatum completely falls asleep on a back cut with Hayward. On the next possession, yeah, and that's a tie game. One sixteen. That was horrible. He's what is he doing at that point? Just satisfied with his three? That's a clutch (laughs) moment in the game. He's not even kind of looking. He's nowhere on that. And you know, I've had people. That's the worst play of the game right there. I know he had forty-five. That's the worst play of the game right there. And then you come down, and early in the clock, Brown just launches a three in the corner for no reason. Like, what are you doing here? Just this horrible was, basketball. Yeah, I mean, they, they were just brain fart after, after brain away fart. a 10-point lead in the fourth, right? Right. The brain farts were all over the all over the place. Uh, and and Porzingis is on the bench, yeah. Right. That's why, I'm, that's why, John, that's why I say that they all sucked. Other than Pritchard, I think every single player who played, like, more than 15 minutes was crap tonight. I don't care that, that Tatum had 45. He was not good. He wasn't good because he wasn't good when the game absolutely mattered. And when you start looking at the mistakes that he made, that's you, you don't do that when you're the best player. You don't do that. Uh, and he did. And there's a lot of reasons why, but the bottom line is they stunk. They absolutely yeah. stunk. Pritchard was the only one that actually came to play and play well. Uh, and, and to his credit, he was due. He was so due to have a game like this. Uh, yeah. so I, and, and to Bobby's point earlier, Bobby, I, I, I'm not sure. As Joe Sway, he kind of think he thought this was just kind of one offer. But you're right. The Memphis games they suck too. They just found a way to win. They just played a Toronto, little bit better than Memphis. Well, well to, Toronto, Toronto's a scrappy. Toronto's a better team than Memphis, yeah. I think, at this point, and again, and better than I think the, the point Charlotte is, team. Though, you're slowing down a little bit here. The three point shooting's coming back to earth just a little bit. Your hot, hot, hot offensive start to the year is starting to cool down a little bit yeah. across the board here. And again, two starters are missing tonight effectively, so you have to consider that as well. But how are they going to manage this? Like, can you 
reemphasize the defensive end of the ball to win a game like this. I mean, they were just non-existent on that end, as you mentioned, John, with the mistakes there. 17 offensive rebounds allowed, uh, turnovers. In but the those are lazy. I mean, look, there. some of them are lazy. Some of them were just simply that Williams, I thought, well, Williams was a beast. Out Dominant. There. You're right. Porzingis got, Porzingis got dominated. Williams was honestly the most impactful player. There was on, one on play late team. where he shot, grabbed his own miss, and finished right through him. Other than Lamelo, uh, Williams was. A, it might even be Williams. Williams was a plus thirty three tonight. Um, you know, and he grabbed eight offensive boards. He was that guy is one at, of the best centers in the league already. Unbelievable. He was outstanding, and you're right. Uh, you know, it, it did. You know, it did mess. You know, Porzingis up. Porzingis finishes a team low minus twenty six. And again, I'm not going to place Ouch. it all in plus minus. It was really more a matter of the bench just played so much. Right, Luke Cornett a plus twenty five in nineteen minutes. We'll give you that one, Bobby. Big, but... big ups to the bench. We talked about them last night. They're starting to find themselves. And you know, how's yeah, but... shots tonight in a starting role? But Pritchard finds his shot. So they're yeah. push them to the side because they do not deserve. Any of the blame pie, pie tonight? That group? They 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 don't. But um, you know the it, bench. It was, uh, it, yeah. Well, Hauser I mean, was in the starting lineup, so, I'm, so I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go with that. Hauser was in the starting lineup because he was yeah. horrible. He was just, and the shots that he was missing are the shots that he's been getting all season long. Right. Uh, so I, he, but you balance that with what Pritchard did, and I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. You don't feel, and he wasn't. And I, I'm not gonna blame sit up here and blame Sam was the reason they lost because that's not the case. But he wasn't very good. Tatum. I mean, you start like Tatum's I said at the top of the list. Pritchard was the only one that I felt played a good game. Yeah. Everyone crypto, else crypto, crypto P is safe. I agree with that. I mean, what's going on? So. I, I want to pull up the recent games for Jalen because this has been a few in a row here. You had 12 points last night, too. What's going on here, John? I mean, you're, let's you're not all get over. caught. Look, let's it's let's not get caught stat watching with Brown, okay? Right. It's not important. And that's why, like, the victory laps over the, the high-scoring games, you know, versus coming in and dogging him on a high-turnover game or a game he doesn't shoot well. It's not. Look at things globally. Jalen Brown's having a tough time figuring out what to be on this team. And we thought that might be an issue coming in. It doesn't mean it's going to be forever. But he, right, it's still early, he's, but, the, he's the ill-fitting part of that starting lineup in the sense that everyone else seems to kind of have a role and do what they do. And Jalen's like, so when I get the ball, do I just get to dribble and, and try to score? You know, and like, I really do think he's almost got to not reinvent himself, just figure yeah, out but- more ways to more ways to be useful in a team. Tonight's a classic example of the only thing Brown knew what to do is when he got the ball was to force a shot. It's all he did all night. And it's so because Tatum was doing it on the other side, you know, just, it just so happened the Tatums were going in and Browns were not, but it's not a great way to play basketball. Like it's a really ISO heavy team. And if that's all Brown's going to be able to do in this offense, I just don't think they're going to run into problems, uh, you know, uh, from from time to time, and I just think it's the decision making. If he's just decided, I'm just going to get it and try to score, you're going to have nights like this where it's just like, hey, he's getting killed in the friggin' chat, you know, chat, and people are talking about trading him and this and that. But <laughs> I think that's a problem. I think how he fits and roles and what he's supposed to be doing within the. And this is a night where people are, you're missing two starters, so he should be able to get his. I just don't think I. I, he looks like he's struggling to figure out what he's supposed to be doing. I think I think it's looked that way most of the year. I think that with, with a, cu- with a, a couple remi- exceptions. Yeah, this game yeah. was a reminder of just how important Derek White is to this team because Derek White is a settler. He keeps 
everyone kind of feeling good about themselves, and he knocks down a few shots to keep make sure that he's actively engaged. Remember and the when play he's... last night, Sherrod, where he just handed Tatum the dunk on the fast break? Yeah. That's a perfect mm-hmm. example. Yeah. I mean, he, he does all those little things that you absolutely need to keep your stars happy and to keep yourself fed in the process. When he's not there – guys get a little too greedy sometimes guys are looking to try to try to make plays and and Jalen I think is 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 the you know the classic example of that uh I think he was trying too damn hard to just make his put his imprint on the game instead of just playing what is a typical game attack when the opportunity is there keep the ball moving and you should know that it's going to get back to you particularly on a night when you don't have Derek White you don't have a, a guy like Al who's going to give you those second and third shot opportunities because of his ability to keep balls alive and do some things defensively. And that didn't matter. He was, he was trying to get his. And that's we've – we've seen enough games where that just doesn't work for him. It just doesn't. Yeah. I always thought going into the season that this would be a part – like this would be great for Jalen to, to somewhat develop that catch and shoot that we've sort of envisioned that rookie year, Sherrod, or the first couple of years where we were trying to see uh, – there was a lot of uh, – a lot of cooks in the kitchen, so to speak, right? And he was trying to find his way. And I felt like with this team going into the season, he was going to have that issue in the sense of whether if you're if the defense is, is, is double teaming you and you're forced to you get into that that habit of forcing the issue, which Jalen has done, you know, throughout this this first few weeks of the season. I mean, that's when you get the bad Jalen. Like if he doesn't have it going, he's going to continue to force the issue, and he's got to stop doing that. I, I saw a lot of that. In the second half, I feel like where he's just like, man, it'll it'll come, you know, it'll, it'll I'll, I'll get it going sooner or later. And sometimes that works, but sometimes it doesn't. And when it doesn't, but it's like it's it like my like children. Look at this stat line, like that's what it looks like: five of seventeen, you know, a no, bunch no, of no. chucking, you know, chucking threes, not open within the flow of the offense shot, but a lot of four shots. And I think that's when he gets in his own head, and that's when it's just like it's it's just a snowball effect. But it's just, also like, when he's at his best, Josue. That's the problem. Is like when you know how to play one way. That's the pro. It's it's. You're gonna keep going to that way. The next game's gonna be a thirty thirty game from Brown and Tatum, and everyone's gonna be like, "See, we love these guys. Who? What other duo would we rather have?" Of course, you're gonna have those games too. Like when they're going in, that's that stuff is great. But it's again, it's like that's just how he plays, and that's how Tatum plays. Um, you know, but Tatum does more. Uh, you know, Tatum's a little yeah. But there's times, there's, there's times when when it's just not there for Tatum in the sense of the, the lanes or the way he's being defended. And what does he do? He just he passes it off. He, he rebounds. He finds other ways, and then he yeah, finds the block that. Like there's been times where it's halftime. The Celtics are up by ten, and Tatum's taking like six, seven shots. I mean, we've seen that this season already. Yeah. And then he goes off one of those third or fourth quarter performances. Right. And it's just t- tonight it was in reverse, but it's, it can't. Like it's got to be team oriented ball. Like you can't just force, you know, Jalen to go off when you want him to. He just it doesn't work. It's like rare, that. as you said, Josue. It's rare when you get the Brown game where he where the shot isn't falling, but he makes a positive impact in a lot of other ways. That's the problem. Is you're yeah. entirely dependent on the shot falling for him to have games. Whereas Tatum does have those games where. You know, he, he it isn't falling for him, but he impacts I mean, it. In, in other Holiday, ways. who got the two big Holiday plays that way too. White plays that way. But go ahead, guys. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I was just about to see if we could transition to Holiday, who was just horrible. Um, I mean, defensively was not nearly as impactful as we're used to seeing. Rebounding was, you know, so so. Shot selection, shot taking, his entire game for the most part was kind of just absolute trash tonight, and that. Again, we're, it's so unusual for us to say that about him because he's he's basically a better version of Marcus Smart. 
where he's going to, his numbers aren't going to look nearly as good as his impact on the game. And tonight was one of those games where his numbers looked bad. His impact was bad. And he just never seemed to get into any kind of flow. And he had a chance at the very end of regulation to forget all the basketball sins he committed for all the time he was out there. Make two free throws. You make two free throws. We're having a very different conversation because at that point, the Celtics would have been up by four, very little, very little time left. Then it would became one of those Charlotte comes down, tries to score quickly, probably misses. You get the rebound, get fouled. And then it's a six point lead with maybe five, 10 seconds left. Game over. Now you miss two free throws, which we, you just don't expect a guy like Drew Holiday to do. And, I, you know, I just thought he was horrible tonight. And, and there, are, there are very few games where I look, watch him play and come away feeling that he was trash. This was one of those games. Uh, he was I thought he was, I thought he, honestly, I thought he was worse last. I thought he was worse. Uh, yesterday. Memphis? I thought, yeah. I, I thought it was, I thought yesterday was his worst game. Today was a, a mixed bag with a lot of bad, but also there was some good in there too, but you're right. The defense, really the defensive slippage tonight, I thought was a problem. Um, and you know, when you have a 33 year old on the second of a back to back and you took away his backcourt running mate and Derek white, who takes a lot of pressure off there, um, yeah. you might see it a little bit and you know, you've got, you know, the Hornets were feisty, you know, and, uh, yeah, and it, was, uh, it was, team. yeah. He Drew looked his age tonight. This was the one of the few times Drew looked his age out there. These kind Didn't of teams have oh. given the Celtics issues. You think back to that Thunder game last year, and this is a different Hornets team. Last it year it was tall teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and athletic and long. You know, yeah. those teams can give them issues. Teams that crowd up the paint and, and Mark Williams with the three bucks, and I helps in that sense. Uh the, the difference, though, Holiday and Jalen here, I, I can't remember the little things Jalen did, as Joe Sway and John both mentioned there, to make up for the bad shooting scoring night. And when you end up on the bench for most of the second half and follow trouble, that exacerbates that on a night where you're already down two guys. One thing you can say about Holiday is he had two key offensive rebounds in that second half, and he stayed on the floor for 37 minutes. Not to say he was great. But you got to minimize your bad nights to some degree. And Jalen's inability to do that tonight is probably what cost him the game. You know, not to pin it on one player, Sherrod, but Jay, and, you know, I hate to. This is it, Colin, by the way. Throwing up the super chat here. This was it, Colin. They, 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 this is the starters came back in and they pissed this lead away 108, 199. But go ahead, Bobby. And you can see that coming. I want to group Jalen and Jason together in this, even though Jason's been better and more consistent than Jalen this year so far. You come into this year saying that you're going to be all defense, and then Tatum had a big block late in this one, but really there's a higher standard I want to see from both of them individually on that end, especially if their shot's not there that night, like Tatum in Memphis last night or you know wherever he might have struggled at certain points through the schedule so far, Jalen at different points. We keep saying there's going to be a guy every night who doesn't have the best game. And so far, it's been Holiday and White eating those lesser offensive nights and putting in more in those little areas, screening, passing, rolling, rebounding, all those little things. Jalen and Jason have to be just as great as those guys at those little things in the game. You know, even Porzingis is embracing a lot of that. I I just haven't seen enough of it. You know, Tatum's had a great scoring year so far. He's had his moments in isolation defensively, especially against Philly in those two games. But not tonight. And Jalen, I I can't even remember one thing, John, that he did to salvage this night for him. Uh, Drew, I can point to a couple of things. But Jalen, no. 
I, I thought I mean, we were Brown picking up had, a bunch of fouls. Yeah, Brown had all around is one of his worst worst games of the year. He he made he yeah. was a, he was a net negative tonight. This when is he was a on the playoff game. game right here. Yeah, he when he was on the six, court, the six minute yeah. mark of that fourth too. Yeah. When he was on the court, they were worse tonight. The whole time, every yeah. second he was on the court, he he really really. This isn't just piling on. This isn't an agenda. They, he was a net negative tonight. He did not help them in any way at all. And Tatum took most of the second half off, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and and that hurts them. You know, I mean, he was hot as hell in the first half. And I thought I think he thought he's getting his 50 piece and they're walking out of here and everyone will talk about how great he is. And he didn't play great either when you're not getting it from your leaders and then you're throwing in. <laughs> two guys, two two of your top six players not playing. KP having an off night. Holiday having an off night. You could, as you said, you could see this one coming from from a little bit away. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar money bet. That's one hundred and fifty bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action NFL. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including you got spreads, you got your player props, you got over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. We're talking about the blame pie. Look at this. <laughs> Yo, okay. you guys, this is dope. I like it. We're looking at the blame pie here. Tatum, oh, Brown, Holiday, Joe, oh. Sam. We should, we, we should change the blame pie to the blame lemon squares. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, if Luke was, if Luke had a, a part of it, I don't know if he does. Yeah. Yeah. Can't no, blame we, Luke tonight. We, we, we talked about everyone with Joe. Blame Pie's got to make the bracket in March. So I'll talk to you guys about Joe. What do we have? The issues with the hoarding the timeouts, issues with maybe sitting Porzingis a little bit late. I, yeah, I will say, I, 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 I think again. talking about the timeouts, but I'm, go ahead. What more could you have possibly wanted with what Joe did with the See, rotations tonight? The only thing you know, I would have liked I to have seen him. I thought he did great. That he could squeeze that much out of the bench. He squeezed that much out of that fourth quarter lineup. I think it was a lineup. late game with Joe. Yesterday, yesterday, he has the wherewithal to bench three starters. And, yes, he benched yeah. three starters. He won't okay? say it, but that's what he did, yeah. He benched three starters in his second year as coach. No other coaches did that. We were ranting and raving about these guys coming out and playing like ass and saying, bench their asses, leave, leave, you know, leave the bench guys in there and see what happens. And everyone's like, dude, this isn't pickup. This isn't like youth league. You don't do that. Yeah. And you're right. Normally you don't, but he did. Um, So I think Joe's been, I think Joe's been doing I think Joe's been doing well, I think, you know, uh, in terms of, you know, our expectations. But people are on him tonight. Every time there's a loss, people are on Joe. Is it justified? Well, to, to me, it always comes back to are your guys 
being put in positions to do what they're supposed to do. And I thought Joe, from that standpoint, did his job. I mean, when you look at this, you look at the the shots that they missed. You looked at the rotations that guys just fell asleep on, even though you know they, they know better than to do that. I'm not sure Joe could have done anything differently to get a different end result than what we saw. The one guy I, I, I kind of wanted to see play a little bit, simply just to throw a wrinkle into things, uh, was our good friend Delano Banton. Um, I just wanted to see, see what we could do. I, I just I, – because I, it seemed that there was something that they needed at that wing position, in part because of Jalen's foul trouble, that I would have liked to have seen him just throw him out there just to see what the hell could happen. We talked um, about that a little last night, and I don't want to go there tonight because the bench thing worked, but that revolving door at that spot is getting a little puzzling. They go to Stevens and Cato last night, and, of course, they're not back tonight, but the bench unit worked tonight. I'm going to late game. The small lineup against Ball on the game-tying shot that forced overtime, no one in the paint, two guys caught up top by screens, Jalen overplaying it. Again, I'm sure some guys screwed up that coverage, but Ball ends up with a wide-open layup to mm-hmm. tie the game in the post out of timeout. The design to put Tatum in the corner against Hayward, easy spot to get doubled. Hornets time it perfectly with about one, two seconds left, and Hauser just has to launch one. Uh, right before overtime there. I thought Tatum was going to go to the ball on that. Like when he started off on the wing, I thought he was just going to make a beeline towards the ball and just like a dribble, like a simple handoff from uh, Sam and then go to work. Yeah, go and then they got they got bailed out effectively on the last shot of overtime, uh, the foul by Hayward there. It was, it was just going to be a Tatum heave, it looked like. So late game for me is where Joe, I think, struggled a little bit in this one. But to your point, John, the rotations – managing two guys out in this game, back-to-back, all of that. I, I think it's fine, and I, I really do get sick talking about the timeouts. There were maybe moments in this game where he could have called one, but I, I think we're so far past the point where <laughs> that's going to, like, if, if you think that's what this team needs, you're just going to have to go get someone else at this point because it's, it's not his style. Like, he's yeah. just not going to do it. I don't think this one falls on Joe, to be honest with no, you guys, no. man. I mean, you he did the right thing in sending the, the, that message last night, right? Like, hey, I, I'm not afraid to do that. I'll bench you if you're not playing up to par. You guys are the leaders. You guys have been in this NBA, you know, been in the league for long enough. You're a championship team, like, this is unacceptable. So I, commit, I, I love that he did that. I really do. And you saw the change, obviously, in what Tatum was doing that first half. But then they dropped the ball again. I just felt like they had this – attitude this this approach that oh we we already got these guys you know they can't be harder than what we went through in memphis and obviously that was the case tonight you know they the 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 hornets just flat out executed you know they played hard down the stretch they hustled they created second chance opportunities i mean like those are the recipes for a win but you also need the other team to drop the ball in a sense and the Celtics did joe is not going to coach these guys to make their free throws that's not his job this way that's you know what I don't want to hear job, Okay, this is one of those classic. Everyone on the line, you guys are all running laps for every single free throw you guys miss. Type of oh, practice. Now we're really going high school. Like, that's what. Hey, if I'm Joe, I want to look. You guys want to act like high schoolers out there? I'm going to treat you like it. You guys are shooting sixty percent from the free throw line. You're supposed to be a championship team. You guys missing clutch free throws in the fourth. Everyone on the line, we're running. What's we're it say? What, what's it? If I'm Joe, that's my approach. What's it say about Joe right now that he is going in this direction? 
again tonight. The five character. lineup. In the I like board. that. He's showing some character here. He's showing uh, he's not afraid to 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 evolve as a coach. And obviously, we all know that. I like about it too. To, to show that already this early into the season, I think speaks volumes to who he is. It really they does. can't slip up, right? Right, because he's. I, I feel like he's like, man, I I can't mess this up. There's no way. So he's 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 gonna cross every T and dot every I. And this is a a, a great. Obviously, you know, teaching moment for him to, to to instill in these guys right now. Yeah, it's worrisome that that's what's going on right now, if that's what it is. I'm letting up a little bit. You mentioned the great I mean, one, John, where Tatum's not getting a, back a, on that play. Yeah, you just can't have that. It's a good thing because, I, I honestly, I think they respond. They respond in a big way Wednesday night. And if they don't, and if you see it, if it becomes a habit, obviously, then we have another discussion to have. But, you know, Wednesday's going to be right challenging. Now, I mean, they were up 108-99 with two minutes left and pissed a game away to the Charlotte Hornets, dude, and just thinking that they'd done enough work. It's a really bad loss. So, you know, here's the thing. Joe wanted Imagine if you lost in Memphis last night on a bad final play. Then, then they wouldn't have lost tonight. Joe wanted that loss last night, so they would learn a lesson. They didn't, and then he they came out and did it that again. Win. That's the most angry he's ever been about yeah. a win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. He, that last play was still baffling. Uh, Tatum so I'll ask you guys about Joe. Again. Why did he take out? Why did he take out Chris Depps late? Uh, it's a. I think he was concerned about just switching. Switching. And then, I think yeah. that's that's the only thing that I can re- can reason why he would do that because they were worried I mean, about the There's no other drive. reason. Well, getting exactly. caught up in the switch and, and having to defend someone that he can't keep up with. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, well, see the thing, but the thing about Porzingis, <laughs> and we've seen this lately. He's a pretty smart defender. Not and and I I use the word smart because I don't think he's a great defender. I think he's. Pretty, he's smart at from a positional defensive standpoint. Knowing that he's seven for three, or seven two, whatever the hell they, they measure him at, he's able to use his length so much Look at better. The play then last night, yeah, the, at Memphis, that was a great example. I mean, that that's a play that I'm not sure Chris Stapps would have been able to make that play two, three, four years ago. I don't think he would have had the wherewithal defensively to just and to get out there with his left hand, with the left hand and deflect that. Uh, I. I the only thing I can think of why Joe benched him at that point was that he was concerned about switches and didn't want to get a situation where, where you know, where, where ball is matched up with Porzingis because that's just your toast at that point. You, there's not, you're not going to win that. Frustrating one. And again, it's not that's the end of the world here. It's that you see three games in a row here where things start to slip into the wrong direction a little bit. And does that fester? Does it? bleeding into some inconsistency over the coming weeks here. Like, I'm already looking at that Friday game from a mile away, John, in Orlando against a tough team, young, physical. Scrappy. Scrappy. Yeah. Kind of like, like what you've seen the last few games. Yeah. yeah. And I don't yeah. want to You're hear... worried about bad habits, Bobby. That's what you're talking You're talking about worrying about are they developing bad habits that could come and bite them in the ass when it matters. I don't want to hear. I can see it coming. Man, we get these teams' best shots. <laughs> Oh, uh, these teams play different against us. Who's saying that? We got a target on our back. Charlotte always plays scrappy. Who's saying it's that? Just that you. That's, who's saying that? Yeah, that's a line the Celtics love to say. No, I know, but which player? I got, a, I got a player in mind. Who are you thinking? <laughs> Who is it? Tatum. Uh, you know, <laughs> we're getting we're getting team's best effort. I don't know. Porzingis already said uh, it. This year. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think this was Charlotte's best effort. The classic Tatum was. Oh, it was Ball's best effort. He was incredible. But Charlotte as a team, I don't think this was their best. No, Bridges stunk until and, the shot late. 
Yeah, Mark so, so I'm not trying to I'm not trying to hear that bet. To me, you get a bet a team's best shot when they shoot like 58, 60% from the field, make 90% of their free throws, shoot about 50% for three-point line, and they beat you by four. Yeah, you got their yeah, best you shot. You got against the Celtics, man. <laughs> like that's <a> exactly. <laughs> so this was, exactly. technically this is their best shot against a undermanned Celtics team, I guess. But I see what you say. I just feel like it's you weren't going to get much better than this, even though the Southern sort of opened the door for them to even, you know, blow them, blow them out the water. I'm going to go back to the point that John made earlier about the 108-99. At that point in the game, you're up by nine points. There should not be any scenario that results in you losing. You literally have to execute was, one or two possessions at that point, yeah. and it's a game. Uh, All you need is one or two. As Scott would say, yeah, two more stops, the thing's done. According to ESPN stats, I think, or I can't remember which, which, uh, which, uh, outlet. It was not, it was a ninety eight point seven win probability at that point. Um, when you fact, and that's just against any team. Somebody when you factor, it's the Hornets. It was like a hundred and seven percent. So like, she took that bet. Yeah. Offensive rebounding, transition, fouling, all that stuff. I mean, that's what drives Joe crazy because yeah, missing missing free throws, losing losing sight of people, giving up easy offensive rebounds, losing sight of cutters. You know, holding the ball too long in the clock, not reading what the defense is doing, allowing yourself to get doubled. That's the thing. Again, again, in fourth in fourth quarter and late, it was the Tatum walk it up, barely get over. Tatum at the was standing second. around on that last Barely game. get over at the eight-second mark where there's two Hornets there. Like, we're going to go wherever you go. So as soon as he starts moving, at best, you're going to get one pass off of that. And whoever gets the ball is going to get stuck and have to it's take a, a shot that's not great. You know? I hate that offense. Hauser caught the grenade on the last play. He had no chance yeah. with one second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Hauser was te- was he was dead. Yeah. Nothing he could do there. You know. Yeah. No, you didn't have yeah. the long passing sequences there. This one, this is brutal. And if you bounce back Wednesday, I guess you can let it slide. But these are the kind of games. Yeah, it's got that a third kid coming, John. That John Doe. <laughs> uh, let's not joke about White. I'm worried there. Who knows what that could be? But. Uh, Nobody knows. I'm gonna leave Derek alone. I'm gonna leave Derek alone. Yeah. Uh, by the way, all we know, all we know about Derek, all we know about Derek White is that the dude does not miss games for health reasons. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. He, he he does not something, miss games. So right. yeah, it's something that ha- you know, man, he just doesn't. Miss Remember games. that uh, weekend in Charlotte? He had like a concussion. This dude played the second game like it was nothing. I thought he would miss at least four. His eardrum exploded in Milwaukee. Yeah. Oh man, toughest <laughs> toughest dude on the Celtics team for sure. He took. Two ACLs in, his, in both kneecaps and played 48 minutes. Yeah, matter of fact, prayers up for Derek White. The legend of Derek White. That's what the legend of Derek White. That's, that's a great point. Something's going on. Okay, yeah. all right. Uh, so, before all right. we devolve, before we devolve into Thanksgiving pie talk, I do want to tell people again about no. our. Uh, we're not. I, gonna, I feel that's for Wednesday. No, all right. We can, it's for John and the pies. I'm not, but man, I'm I'm starting to stress because either way, you know, you know, Jimmy's gonna come in here Wednesday night being like, "Oh, we're not doing pie talk." Like you know, he's gonna say that. No, but I, we, we want to tell you quickly about HelloFresh. Uh, order your HelloFresh boxes now for after Thanksgiving because, again, you're not going to want to cook. You're not going to want to yeah. shop. That's where I'm getting I survived a trip to the grocery store today, and I swear my cortisol levels were just I, – I was so – I couldn't believe when I got out of there that I lived through it. Like you could see people are <laughs> hanging on by a thread you know (laughs) like people are getting cut off and like can't get through somebody will just leave their cart in the middle of the aisle and just be whatever and you just see people like (laughs) 
fucking move. Is that you? you know, like, and they're trying to keep it together. <laughs> this and is so, that week. Yeah, that's so yeah, true. I like, can just see John walking out of the supermarket like, thank God, I'm out of there. No, I, and I'm like, I'm like, take it. It's like, if you're the idiot that goes shopping on Christmas Eve for your presents, like, yeah, it's going to be crazy. That, right? Like, right, you but like, it. you, you know what that. you're getting into when you're going grocery shopping a day or two before Thanksgiving, and it's stressful. But anyway, you don't want to deal with that after the holidays <laughs> and you know, that little bridge between Thanksgiving and Christmas. So sign up, get your HelloFresh boxes right now, and get free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash CLNSFree. Use that code CLNSFree. Order whatever the hell you want, but know that in it is a breakfast item for the rest of your life. Every time you order HelloFresh, they're going to throw some breakfast in there, too. Egg bites. Like throwing in an extra. Turkey sausage, egg bites. Yep. An extra meal. Those are good. That's it. Damn, those are good. So, again, HelloFresh.com. Customize your menu. uh, Whatever you want. Switch out your proteins, your vegetable, your starches. Make it uh, low-carb. Make it keto. Make it gluten-free. Whatever you want to do. Pescatarian, vegetarian. Whatever you want. Mix and match. You tell them what you want. They will send it to you. Creative recipes, simple menu cards, easy to follow, ingredients pre-portioned, farm fresh, sent to your door. You just open it up, open up the box. 15, 20 minutes later, you're eating a restaurant-quality meal at half the price. So, again, HelloFresh.com slash CLNSFree. Use that code CLNSFree. Get free breakfast for life. You know, I've been looking for the best deal on Celtics tickets And with over 28 million downloads, SeatGeek is the number one rated ticketing app. There are more than 70,000 events every single day on SeatGeek, including concerts, sports festivals, and more. With the NFL, NBA, and NHL seasons in full swing, you don't want to miss out. SeatGeek has your tickets to every game. Plus, artists like Travis Scott are on tour. They put all the tickets across the web in one place to make sure you're getting a good deal. Each ticket is rated on a scale of 1 to 10, so look for the green dots. Green means good and red means bad. Every ticket is backed by their buyer guarantee, and SeatGeek is the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event with swaps. So as you know, I always come through for you guys. You can use my code DREAMERSPRO for $20 off tickets at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code DREAMERSPRO. Make sure you check the link in the description to download the app. Here's my blame pie here, by the way. We're going to pie on Wednesday. This is the John Zanis blame pie as created by Amit. Um, yeah, there it is. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you said that. Oh, my Everyone's going to think you made that joke. <laughs> I've, I've seen this pie somewhere before. Yeah. I've seen this pie before. That's my blame pie right there. <laughs> I'm not touching John's playing pie. <laughs> you want to sliver that? Not today. <laughs> you know what that means, though, right, guys? Shiraz saying there'll be other nights, right? I guess. Oh, am I, 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 I going to get ahead of myself? I, I said today. it earlier. I said it earlier. I'm not placing the loss. There's a lot of people who didn't play well. Sherrod had it right. You can. There's a lot of people who did not play great games tonight. Um, mine, like I said, is – that's why, like we were talking about it last night, like wins, losses, whatever. You're looking for, does this team have it? You know, that's it. Mm-hmm. You're you're judging them each night on whether or not they're playing well together. You're getting the most out of their players. They're getting the right combinations. They have the ability to 
get serious, to close teams out, to get rid of some of the old habits that's plagued them for three years. And for the most part this year, you've seen it. You just haven't seen it as much the last three games. And two of those games, you still escaped with victories, which is saying something because maybe in the past, those games could have been losses. There's a, there's three or four games this year that could have been losses in, in previous years. So on the whole, I do think they're overall uh, playing better. I still yeah. think the JB question <laughs> from the preseason is still a little bit unanswered in terms of what they're going to do. The two main thing, three main things we thought coming in, the bench – How's Joe going to work the rotations? What are you going to get out of them? Um, Jalen Brown and his role, now that there's so many other people who do so many other things out there, and it's not just him and Tatum, how's he going to adapt? Because Tatum's clearly still going to be the alpha. Uh, and then Missoula. I think those are the three things. And every time, I think those are the things people pipe up the most about in the chat because that's the stuff that we're looking at, you know, uh, here. So, you know, again, it's, it's still incomplete, but... You know, my feelings on Jalen figuring out his role and maybe evolving it a little bit. And I know we've talked about just playing a little off ball, not just standing in a corner, which I know is what Missoula likes. A little bit more cutting, a little bit more movement, um, just other types of things. And then as Bobby talks about all the time, that commitment to defense, you're either about that life or you're not. You know, I'm still not sure if these guys are. I feel like before tonight, and I said this last night, he was a little bit ahead of schedule, I think, in terms of acclimating in the offense. The numbers aren't great, but you watch him. And the you talking about Jalen? Yeah, I feel like he's had spots this year where he's fit into this offense and had some big nights. 29 against Toronto, 28 the night before against Brooklyn. Good in that. Yeah, New but York is that game. any different than what he's done in the past? I mean, that's that sounds like second-team All-NBA Jalen from but last year. But it's going to be different. It's going to be different this year. So for him to be able to do that within the flow of this new offense, the connection we talked about with Porzingis, that's a real stride early this year. And we talked about that. No one's going to benefit more from having Porzingis than Brown. Those two really didn't connect tonight. I thought they missed Porzingis often throughout this game. And again, tough matchup against the Mark Williams. But more often than not, that's going to be your read. He's going to have a smaller guy on him. He's going to finish. And you're going to get your assists out of that if you're Jalen. So it's a mindset adjustment for him. I don't feel like he's Maybe, far but off. Bobby, he's I don't down feel like he's fitting in with this group. I just, Bobby, I, I, I'm going to have to disagree with you on this. I, I don't think he's made nearly as, as much progress as you, you, you think he but has because games? he looks like the same dude from a year ago. He looks like Jalen Brown from a year ago. The, the left hand is not great. The, the, the streaky scoring is like it His was last year. Streaky down. scoring. Um, but Bobby, that's a very low standard that you're setting there, because uh, his turnovers were ridiculously high before. Now they're just slightly elevated. I'm not sure that's that's progress. He also uh, has the, the ball in his hands needs, a little bit less. Yeah, less. Yeah, that's what I. But well, Bobby, to me, to me there are two the things that Jalen Brown. There are two things that Jalen Brown could do that will be clear signs of his growth from last year to now. It, either one of these things, I'm perfectly fine with becoming a better defender becoming a better ball handler. I don't think he has shown growth in either one of those areas from last year to now to where it's tangible growth. And until he picks one of those lanes to be better than he was a year ago, I'm not buying him being this new and improved version of Jalen Brown because those are the two biggest weaknesses of his game. I'm going to add one more, Sherrod. I'm going to say also uh, just decision-making. When to do it, when not to do it, yeah. when is that moment, when to take that shot, whether it's a good shot or not. I, I, I think that that's always what's lacking. I think that's the thing Joe 
obsesses with the most is the right read. And I think he's right, you know, and I think so much comes down to that. The difference between Tatum and then Brown, uh, you know, you know, a, a step down and like other players, like obviously like the truly elite players is their decision making. And that's always what's kind of kept them from going there. It's not the skill set necessarily, though. You're right. right. And it, it, Especially with like that. Yeah. That's why I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I'm not focused because ta- he's so ridiculously. He's so ridiculously talented that even with those clear flaws, he's still one of the top 25, 30 players in the NBA, even with clear, yeah. undeniable flaws to his game. Uh, no, nah, John. Uh, He's probably 20, 25, 30. He's, he's top 25. You know I where I very, am. I feel very confident. I know the you difficult part to one twenty. You got him 125. I, I got him. I got him. Out, I got him. Here's the thing. If, if, got him at like Derek, if Derek White's 101, then Brown's 102. I'll say that. <laughs> oh, man. Because oh, Derek White's a better player. That's about to go off. The oh, difficult no. part for Brown <laughs> is scoring is the strength of his game. And for this team – it's not necessarily going to have to be what he brings you every night. You're not asking for that out of him every night. You're asking for good decisions, as you said, John. And there's been moments, again, early, (laughs) just missed a game, you know, with the groin injury. So maybe that factors into the last two nights here. But early I've seen small strides. And we've seen in the past too, and it's devolved in the weeks to come after those moments. But I go back to that Knicks game last Monday a really good game in tandem with Porzingis so there's been moments this year where he early you know again this is early in the schedule has looked good fitting in with this group because we've all agreed this is going to be the most difficult adjustment for him over anybody else shout out Twiggy for the super chat we appreciate the contribution well done Twiggy appreciate you man that's pretty funny this is this is a Tatum uh Tatum quote about playing in Charlotte right it was from that. Brian, I'm not trying to be arrogant. Or no, from the from the. Uh, I think it was a either IG uh, where he was asking he's about, about like, being on NBA TV or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's not. He's not about that life. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm going to throw this comment up here too from Fuzzy. I think that this is fair. They've 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 been this team as much as they haven't this year. So there's some games that they've looked complete, and some games where it's been they found a, little, a way a to scramble. It's just a big difference. trying to avoid trying to fight though. off those demons, right? You know. They found a way to win the Toronto one. The Memphis one, they just got lucky. They really did. Yeah. Okay, Joe. No, you're probably right. Yeah, I mean, look, with the, the Jalen thing, like when, you, when you're signing the richest deal in NBA history and the first thing out of your mouth is being an all-NBA defender, look, I know it's still early, but, like, I, I want to see him make that stride. Like, that's got to be Tatum in there what too. we're talking about at the end of the season when we look back and say, man, like, this team is ready for this postseason run. Look at Jalen doing this and, you know, you know saying what he initially brought up on his own, right, from the very beginning. So I'm still I'm still a firm believer in that unlocks consistent offense on the other end, you know, whether it's finishing and fast break, whether it's just using that to to, to motivate yourself on the offensive end of the floor, to, to play smarter, you know, maybe uh, becoming or, or really going in depth with, with film and, and studying opposing teams. Somehow he's able to unlock ways to take advantage of going against the, those same uh, teams on the on the opposite end. I mean, that's the kind of thing I feel like maybe Jalen is, is is missing. You know, we don't know what he does behind closed doors. I'm not a, I'm not going to go out on a limb and say that he's not that kind of player, but hopefully that's where he grows this season, and that's what I think is honestly going to unlock his offense. That doesn't necessarily, you know, it's not like he's a, a struggle to to be consistent on offense every single night, but I, I just I, I just wanted him to be. Uh, I want him to be efficient, you know, and I think that's what leads to his efficiency, you know, becoming a better defender. 
Well, uh, I don't need him to be efficient. I need to be more uh, impactful. I just want to address Colin in the super chat. Thanks for the contribution, Colin. Uh, I will say that the Warriors pick is already gone, and I'm starting to get really nervous about it. I really wish the Celtics (laughs) had dealt their own pick rather than that Warriors pick because the wheels are coming off that wagon. That being said, I think think Donovan Mitchell is a superior player to Jalen Brown, um, you know, uh, for sure. But I just don't think that's a trade that's going to necessarily be made. Uh, When we're talking about Jalen, this is an interesting stat if it's true. I haven't had a chance to look it up. Under 15 twice in a row for the first time since January 2020. Um, Wow. If that's true, that's pretty interesting, Mm -hmm. um, you know, to see it. And again, when you look at his game log, uh, it has been an interesting one. You have a 13, a 12. I mean, and this is an 11. How many games have they played? 13. 12? 13. 13. 13. 13. You have a 13, a 12, an 11, uh, and an 11. So, you know, four games – you know, kind of at that lower point table uh, uh, total and another one at 16, um, you know, so that's not something he's normally accustomed to, um, to to doing. But only one of those games was one where he shot, uh, you know, few. Efficient. he had an 11, 11 shot game and a 13 shot game. But I mean, last couple of games, 17, 16, that's where he should be on this team with the with the amount of talent mm-hmm. that they have. And I think that that's reasonable. But uh, Sherrod, I kind of I cut you off there. I wanted to get to that super chat. You were saying no, you no, 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 you're good. No, you're good. Um, the, the thing the thing about Jalen uh, and is that when you talk about him in the whole all NBA defense, let's be honest and keep it real. Tatum is closer to being an all NBA defender than, than Braun is. Mm-hmm. And when you're, and to me, that's a problem because I, I thought the whole, my, well, both of those guys talking about all defense to me, it made more sense for Jalen to place a greater emphasis at that end of the floor and be elite because you know, Tatum is still going to be your best score, whether he's all NBA defense or not. So to me, that was a golden opportunity for Jalen Brown to put his imprint on this team in a significant way in an area that they need him to be. Uh, when you go back and look at this game, I mean, I, there were many, many possessions, more than I thought, where you had Jason Tatum matched up with a mellow ball. And many of those possessions, what did, what did ball do? He swung the ball to someone else because he couldn't get it because he couldn't get it. He couldn't get his own shot. He makes quick and decisions. I'm not seeing I'm not seeing enough of that when Jalen Brown is just on elite scores. Uh, I'm look. I'm seeing a lot of him going at him. I'm seeing a lot of him getting him in foul trouble. And that has he has to find a way to be able to be a significant impact player besides scoring a ball because he's the second best player on this team at that. And the best player is not only better scorer than him, but is a better defender, too. And I and and Jalen is the superior athlete. So why not use that athleticism and be an elite defender? Do you feel like they've gotten him into the mid range enough this year, too? Does he look for the mid range this year? <laughs> I think he does, I mean, but it's always a four. It's always like a it's my turn to shoot sort of thing. It's not within yeah. the flow, you know. It's not a. It's, it's a late not, shot clock fade away. Yeah, you know. When there's no when there's no other option, but it's, not, it's, it's either not, that shot or a turnover. It's not up fake, take two dribbles, get to the free throw line, rise up. You know, like he's not like it's 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 more like it's you know it's my turn. I'm going to break a guy down, and sometimes it's going to end with whatever shot I get. And oftentimes it's a hand in the face sort of contested. Mm-hmm. They're not great shots. I thought when he was shooting that insane. And it's hard without the benefit of like all the charts and the stats in front of you. But Bobby, didn't it feel when he was kind of like when he broke, you you know, the NBA 
you know, those kind of that two year stretch where he's shooting 55% from mid range when everyone's saying, stop taking these shots. They just seemed like better caliber shots. He was getting, he was getting to a spot. This is what Jimmy Butler does, right? Like Mm -hmm. Jimmy Butler gets to a spot that he feels good. He's working to get to that spot. He gets there, he rises up and it looks like it's automatic and it's not, you know, Mm -hmm. he's not, he's not, he's not a lights out shooter, but he's working to get to a particular spot where he knows he could do damage. Jalen feels like, I don't know that he's got necessarily a plan. It's just, I'm going to get going and I'll kind of figure it out when I'm there. And that's always been his thing a little bit. And sometimes it's spectacular. And other times it's, I mean, a lot of these shots, they weren't even good form. He realized how contested he was when he, when he would rise up to shoot. And a couple of them were just moon ball, uh, you know, uh, jumpers that, really didn't have much of a chance going in because he hadn't created enough separation for himself. He's down about one shot a game in that spot from 47% to 43%. So it's definitely a difference when it comes to the overall scoring for him this year. It was his bread and butter last year. And again, it goes back to him spacing more often and him being a little bit more off the ball uh, this year, I think, than compared to last year. And they switched up the rotations about a week ago too. But he's really not in that bench leadership role either, is he anymore? You know, even on a night like this, uh, where you're so short-handed, you don't have White or, uh, you know, Holiday a little less often to stagger into those lineups. Same last night where you took Holiday out of some of those positions. He's trying to find that spot. And I don't feel like they really know exactly what it is yet. Ideally, it'd be getting him going downhill toward the rim. Yeah. using them in some of those mismatch situations as they do with Tatum. But as we always talk about, there's a little bit of overlap between Tatum and Brown and the skill sets and the positioning on the floor and all that. Not all Brits are quiet and reserved, like in period pieces. In reality, they're full of spirit. Whether they're at the Fringe Comedy Festival or watching the football or seeing their favourite artists perform in Hyde Park, let Britain surprise you. Experience the best of British hospitality on your way to Great Britain with British Airways. Book now at ba.com slash visit Britain. This episode is brought to you by Bubbly Sparkling Water, your must-have sofa sidekick. Available in a delicious range of flavors like blackberry, lime, and grapefruit. One episode? No, no. Bubbly is for one season sort of nights. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Crack a smile with the official sparkling water of reality TV. Buy Bubbly Sparkling Water at your local grocery store or head to bubly.com. Throwing this out there from Big Kess. What's up, Kess? Um, yeah, I agree with this 100%. Um, we, we, we talked about this a couple times recently, like, you know, give up the ball. You will get get it it back. back, You know, (laughs) he's still, he got that in his head. Like he's not. Yeah. And I think when, when you see Tatum in his bag, the way he was, but when you're playing with Tatum, maybe, maybe you're not going to get it back. That's going to happen from time to time. Well, you got to wait your turn, you know, You, you can't force the issue again. Like that's something that. You know, you hope doesn't come back uh, the way it did last year for Tatum, but he's he's been so much better in that in that part of his game of, of just saying, okay, this is that quarter where they really got me on lock. I'm not going to force the issue. I'm not going to try to, you know, start off, pick a fight with the referees. I'm just going to keep swinging the ball around, rebounding, defend, and I'll get I'll get mines eventually. And he has. I mean, look at the numbers; it, it proves that. So, 
they just got to have a little bit of that going, but also find other ways to be effective outside of, of, of scoring the basketball. It's, but that's the thing. It's like, it's, you see one person do it and then you're like, well, how come he can do it? You know, like, that's the thing is like, someone just put it in here. You live by the Tatum, you die by the Tatum. You have a first half like Tatum had where he's just shooting everything and shooting contested shots and playing straight up hero ball, but it's working. And Brown's like, I do that too. I'm actually pretty freaking good at it. So now it's my turn. And that's what kind of happens. And when, like we said, they both have it going or they trade off. Hot first, hot second, hot third, hot fourth, you know, and they both end up with 30. Everyone's like, look how awesome these guys are. But it's still not the best way to play. They got to get out of this. That, that Bobby Bobby flags this all the way. Like, this is the weirdest thing about this team. It feels like with more people on here who can do things with the ball and guards who are more than willing to move it, this would be a team that would distribute the ball better. But they're way more ISO heavy than you would you, than I would have thought that they would be They've at this point. They've been very ISO heavy early on this year. Very, very ISO heavy. Some of that is due to, um, you know, multiple factors. One, there's always a matchup that they can find, and they hunt that matchup down, run a very simple uh, high screen. What You know, say they don't run a it's lot of actions. Successful. And it's successful because they always get they always get a matchup that they like, and they've been working it in the post a little bit, particularly with people like Holiday and, and Porzingis uh, as well, and Tatum playing more in the post. So that's part of why they're getting the ISO, but – you still want to see them Is it starting with to better ball movement with the success. Yeah. yeah. And it's the post-ups really where you're finding the most success. And there yeah. were a few moments for Tatum with that last night, lesser tonight. Uh, Porzingis again, underutilized him immensely in that spot. I felt like I looked it up midway through the game after he got a good look early over Washington. He's the most efficient post-up player in the NBA right now. Porzingis. I'm not surprised. You should go to it more often if that's the case. Yeah. I'm surprised because he doesn't seem to go there enough. To, to be they forget about him. <clears throat> I, yeah, I think they forget about him, Sherrod. Yeah. It's, I don't know how you do that. It's seven freaking foot two. Yeah, but they haven't had a guy like this. Like, when's the last time? He's yeah. going from three right now, so it's even more reason to send it inside. Yeah, 1.6 points per possession for Porzingis in the post, which is just ridiculous. He's shooting 79% on post-up shots. A lot of those are lob dunks, obviously, but still, your point is he, he should be getting the ball close to the rim, obviously. Uh, one thing we like to do uh, every once in a while is look around and see how ex-Celtics are doing. Uh, which ex-Celtic had the most eye-popping stat of the night tonight? Can you tell me? Can you Daniel tell me? Tice. Daniel Tice. Yeah. Oh, man, DT. He's he debuted already? Jeez. 21 minutes, 8 of 10 field goals, 19 points, 7 yeah, rebounds. He's going to love San Francisco, man. He's going to love California. He's happy. He's off the World Cup title. He's freed from DNPs. Free from playing with Schroeder. I'm sorry. Where'd I come from? <laughs> Damn, Schroeder. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, that's true. <laughs> I love Tice. Too bad. I, I mean, do too. The he's going to run the team a lot here, last year too, man. So good for him. The reason he's not here had to be that the Pacers didn't want to wave him and let the Celtics get him, right? They were only going to wave him if he went to the West like he did. That had to be mm, it. I don't think yeah. Brad was going to bring him back. Why not? Because you've got some other options that you like more than Tice. 
I love. It would, it would have been death. a little redundant. You don't think if I. Yeah, I love now, if, if death, I, but I love Tice a little bit more. You already have. I tell you what, you if, I, if I, I absolutely, if they said, okay, we'll we'll trade you Daniel, but you've got to give us Luke Cornett back. I will no, drive Luke to the airport <laughs> and, and escort him to the gate. Have them both. <laughs> nah, I don't know. No, I don't no, know. I don't need both. I, I only can get yeah. one. I'll take one, and I, I will take Daniel Tice. Thank you. <laughs> They're not the same player, but it's redundant. Yeah, Joe Mazzula chiming in, uh, talking about the loss. You have to take something from each game, and this was our first overtime game. Uh, and it's the first time we blew a lead, and we have to go back and understand why we did it. And it comes from taking plays off and not finishing possessions, which is 100% right. So, again, second night in a row. And, a and Joe also credits Charlotte with continuing to play hard all the time. So, again, I, I don't get it. Like, you can't. Relax. It, 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 did that Minnesota game? Did I forget that Minnesota? Did that Minnesota game happened. not happen? Yeah, that game it was happened. overtime, right? If I remember correctly, yeah. it just happened. So this is how is this happening again? Every year they come in and it's like eye on the title, great habits, consistency, night to night, and 13, 14 games in again. We're not losing our minds that the season's about to fall apart, yeah. but it's the fact that the team can end up doing this so early. But when they had such high hopes for this year and everything's so fresh still. This is in February. I'll play, de- I'll play devil's advocate just a little bit because I actually – this was one of my bold predictions is 20 or so games in, they're going to be so good they'll get bored. They're bored a little already. Like I don't want to play Toronto and Minnesota and Charlotte. That's well, the road. Yeah, the road makes you, it work. You know they're going to beat but Milwaukee by seventy points on Wednesday, year. right? You know, like like they're going to treat that like a final. But you forgot that you lost to Minnesota in overtime. No, they oh. didn't. That wasn't a terrible. Oh no, Minnesota the head coach. Back. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the head coach just said that. Like I, I'm shocked that he that he said that. So even he, even he's got that going on a little bit. Huh? Well, he can tell you what happened in 2016. <laughs> he can tell you about uh, articles written yeah. in 2016. When his heart's in there, he'll remember stuff more, I guess. I don't know. But yes, the Timberwolves game was an OT loss. It was not their first, so it's yeah. a weird quote. Yeah. But yeah. I think what he's that, that, that was, like, was Buster ass. Yeah, right. yeah. Ant Man went off. Ant Man went off in that overtime. Yeah. 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 He did. He did indeed. Missoula's <laughs> like that was weeks ago. I don't know. Yeah, yeah he's talking about. <laughs> but I, I don't count that one. Yeah, right. That one doesn't count. <laughs> I think he was. I think he was lumping together was the Gary blue and because <laughs> you that, one, that one was, was a back and forth. Together, John? Yeah. So yeah. Okay. He might have just thought it was like yeah, like a late you know late game thing, fourth quarter. But still, for a head coach, you would keep that in your mind as that overtime battle. You know, like, again, it just happened like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, I'm not on my spot because when you get here late, you can't just start moving people around. Okay. Bobby earned the top square tonight and, and I'm, I'm staying down here. I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> I'm excited. This is my spot already. right there. That's where I, that's where I live, <laughs> but I'm not doing that tonight. Yeah. But I'm going to immediately switch you two to that. Like that's your secondary one, right? This one. No, no, no. I just jumped in here. Oh, you did. Uh, that's where I did. I, I, I just, I snuck in. I'm happy to be here. I vote, you know, that's it. I came in late. You guys were you guys were already running the show. Well, you, you subbed in. Actually, the timing was impeccable. <laughs> By the way, Bucks scored 142 tonight for their fifth straight win. Who's this? 
Bucks. The Bucks. Okay. Nice. Wednesday's gonna be interesting. Yeah, it should be a good game. I I think they win Wednesday by by twenty five. <laughs> I think they'll. Yeah, I think, I, they're, I think they're, they're gonna play a great game. Why does it matter? Doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter who's guarding <laughs> the best player on the other side. should be leading the charge. I'll tell you that much. But I'm excited. Well, let's for put that. it this way. I'll, I'll, I'll put it this Lopez way. Lopez versus Porzingis. If, if you if you look at the box score for the Bucks win tonight, Giannis was 20 for 23 from the field. Jeez. I absolutely want to play him next game. The likelihood that he will be that ridiculously efficient is very slim, and you know. <laughs> You know what else? You know what else is really remarkable about this box score? That they gave up 129 points to the freaking Wizards. So rather than worrying about who's going to guard Giannis, worry about who on the Bucks is going to guard anyone. (laughs) Yeah, because it sounds like the Celtics might have a few players walking into the building with easy passes all game long. Yeah, so that's always the thing. And when your backcourt's lowered in Beasley, Connaughton, that 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 can be a problem. You're not afraid of that defense? No. My goodness. They had the worst defense in the league at one point. It's a good point. It's going to be an Al thing day. I worry about, it's going to be a Bobby yeah, Agenda Al Horford night. The thing I worry about against Milwaukee well, is guys out. getting too eager to go ISO. That's what I worry about. Because when you look at the guys that, that are supposed to be guarding you, it's like, damn, Drew Holiday, why do you – you're going to have to show some restraint to not just want to go at guys. Because you know they can't guard you. Mm. You know, and, and Lillard – I. I Dame is one of the great scores in the game. He takes him off away from, but, but he's not locking nobody up. He's not. He's not a defender. Uh, that that's not who he is. You're starting Horford Conn- if if Drew if uh, White's out. What's that? You're probably starting Horford if White's out. Yeah. And hopefully yeah. that puts you in a good position to defend. I mean, you're still going to have to defend, John. Or else you're going to have a finish like this. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But, again, it's just math. You, if you score more than you give up, you win. Like, I mean, again, <laughs> like, they're Hold on. They're going to gonna have – the other teams have good players, too. You can't stop them all. Carry to three and – Good point. Yeah. <laughs> you can't stop them all. Joe should have said that one. We could, have, we could have wrapped it up right there. But I, I'm interested in the matchup. I do think there's some challenges. Offensive rebound in particular. You give up 17 mm-hmm. in this one. Brooke and Giannis on those boards. Might see that as a vulnerability. Uh, maybe you're not as able to grab them on the other side. And then if White's out, it is that challenge of containing Willard and the other shooter scores on the perimeter there. So I do think there's some challenges here. I do think generally the Celtics match up well with them. But if if you're not starting the game with Horford and White's back, does Porzingis pick up a couple fouls early, try and defend Giannis? Uh, right. You know, is he away from the ball? So is he covering a guy like Beasley or something in that starting group? That's kind of the back and forth I'm interested in seeing between these two coaches. But back to Joe, I think he's been pretty effective the last couple of weeks. Adrian Griffin there has really struggled at different points early on with Milwaukee. So I do think you actually have a pretty substantial coaching advantage going into this game. Yeah. I mean, he's a, I mean, first year coaches, it's, I don't care how many years you've been on a sideline as an assistant or as a player, when you're the head coach, it's a completely different ball game. Uh, and it takes time to adjust and adapt to that role. And then Grady, Agent Griffin is no different. So is this know, a revenge game. I, for I, this, this, this is one of the games where you, you look at Joe Mazzula and say, you clearly have an edge coaching edge going into this game. I think it's pretty clear. 
Well, revenge game for Drew, too. I was dying to talk to him out there in Memphis about that. It, yeah, it's a good one. It's a revenge game for Drew, but it's a, it's a I, I'm better than Drew game for Dame because some people are questioning whether that was a smart move by the Bucks at all. So, oh, yeah. You're okay. Dame. You're inspired for sure. Yeah. And, and just that be in the- When those two are matched up against each other, that's going to be can't must-see TV. Especially at TV. Because they are going to go at it. Yeah. They're going to go – I mean, it's going to – it's going to get personal. There's no way you can get around it feeling personal for those guys. Right. Uh, for the point that Jeremy raised about Dame and obviously Drew Holiday, one, it's your former team that you pledged you want to be with forever. Within, like, what, 72 hours, they kicked you to the curb? And now you're coming off of one of probably your worst two-game stretch since you've been a Celtic? You're going to be motivated to, to go out and, and ball out like you haven't balled out all season. Like John said, though, means- might be Holiday on Giannis and White on Lillard. The way yeah. they guarded this year, it's this been yeah. interesting because I wrote about Holiday's defense and just all the get different guys he's guarded through his career. To start this year, the guys he's guarded most: Maxi at the top, but Randall and Bead and Towns round out three of the top five. Uh, so he's been yeah. guarding big guys, Jackson included, throughout this year. I mean, he's been like a center with the matchups he's had defensively, and it's yep. not like Marcus in the past where he would switch onto those. They've given them those matchups as primary assignments in certain spots. So does that add to a little bit of the wear and tear, the slowdown we've seen from him in recent games? I don't know, but he's shouldering a lot of the responsibility to start this year defensively for this group. There's no doubt about it. And he might have to do it again tomorrow or two days from now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, we're going to wrap it up guys. Um, so, you know, thank you um, everyone again for watching. We have another a uh, pie heavy show on Wednesday, but it's a big <laughs> yes. game. Let's go. Um, uh, and uh, uh, Joe Sway and Bobby will both be at the garden. Jimmy and I, I'll be, I, I might, I'll be doing the show from my kitchen most likely. Uh, and uh, Jimmy Toscano as well. But uh, this is the matchup everybody wanted, right? The big one. This is a fun pre Thanksgiving treat for us. Good measuring stick, especially um, after this, you know, this kind of stretch of crappy opponents and crappy, you know, inconsistent effort. Um, I, I do think you're seeing the best version of the Celtics on Wednesday, and this will be a fun game and a really cool atmosphere. Crazy so crowd, make sure yeah. you guys uh, tune in and hang out with us, and we'll kind of roll it right into Thanksgiving here uh, with you guys. And, uh, again, thank you for hanging out with us and watching and chatting and tolerating all of our uh, all of our takes, and we'll uh, we'll see you guys on Wednesday. Take care.